There it is. We did it. we normally do our our tree dance during the during the opening music you kind of were doing a tree dance and now you were drinking water which is something that trees like to do so, so i was thirsty and then um then i don't know if you noticed i was trying to emulate our good boy dougie and how he was drinking his coffee with both hands and really drinking it with gusto you know so um uh real quick i heard from our best friend chris Wait, should we introduce the podcast? Oh, yeah, we probably should. J just in case. Yeah, right? you're right. This is St. Pete's, y'all. It's a podcast where two librarian geeks talk about the TV show Twin Peaks once every one or two weeks. Uh, we aim for one every once in a while, I guess, two. But uh, my name is Tess. My name's Leaf. Tess yeah. is a super fan. I'm a Nuber fan. <laughs> and... Um, our best friend Chris runs a Facebook page, and you can go like Same Peaks Y'all on Facebook. And he also happened to be the winner of our Secret Diaries and Leaf. I, I don't I don't know if you're gonna be able to see this. No, you're probably not. Let's yeah, see. Can. I see a lot of. Um, so for uh, so <laughs> if anyone's interested, you can watch uh, this. We put all these videos of us recording the podcast on YouTube, and Tess is holding up a camera. And on it is the filthiest pornography I've ever seen. <laughs> no. I don't. I don't know why she's showing this to me. Here a shelf, and oh, I'll post it on Twitter so that everyone can enjoy it. Our Twitter handle is at same team y'all. You can go to our Twitter feed and uh, see a lot of wholesome memes. You get to see a picture of the squirrel that uses the picnic table and on my balcony. Um, and uh, you'll get to see this photo of a shelf in Chris's house <laughs> that he puts all his Twin Peaks memorabilia on, um, which he's got quite a collection. It's very impressive. And he has included our secret diaries on this in this Twin Peaks shrine. And he's uh, such a great guy. Shout out to him and his lovely wife. And their lovely dog. What and oh, I'm having a beer this evening for for Chris. Chris likes to sign off our correspondence. Cheers and beers. So cheers and beers. Oh, and um, our buddy Chris's his body is mostly made of water. So in his honor, I am drinking this glass of water. And we should cheers. Can we cheers? Here we go. Clink, 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 clink. <laughs> the um, thank you so much, Chris, for giving us a spot on on your honored shelf, uh, as a spot of great honor. 
um, thank you so much. And also, while we're talking about um, people listening to the cast, Tess, yeah. you, you know, I logged into the old PodTrack account. Do you remember PodTrack? No. No? So PodTrack was this account. It, it, it tracked... What? This is back when we used to care. <laughs> this is back when we used to care. Uh, well, I mean... Yeah, I mean, that's about right. And it tracks um, unique uh, downloads of our podcast. Um, I don't remember exact numbers, but the answer is, I know you guys are listening. And thank you very much. We very much appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm joking. We do care about you. We, it was, we it's more like the numbers. Like, do we care about the numbers? Right. We make this podcast for fun. We yeah. make it for free. We're not trying to, like, monetize this experience. No. Um, and we're not really looking to get famous or anything. We don't see that on the horizon. But we really do appreciate. There are millions of podcasts that you could listen to and millions of ways to just spend your time just in general. And the fact that you've chosen any of this time to devote to Leaf and I's ramblings about mm. the television show Twin Peaks. Well, we just really appreciate you. We appreciate you. And, and I, you know what? Let's take a little moment to pat ourselves on the back real quick. Every once in a while, a commercial comes on um, for some, I think it's a service called Podcast One, I think. Are you familiar with this? <laughs> and they're always like, Podcast One has the best podcast. So not 100% true because I don't think we're on podcast one, but they'll be like podcast one has the Shaquille O'Neal podcast <laughs> and the Joe Rogan podcast and the these women from this uh, this housewife reality show podcast. And then they have little clippets, like little snippets, right? And hey, hey, I, I give them the, you know what? You guys are f- famous. Like people know your names, right? So good for you guys. And Shaquille, Shaq, you've done, I've seen you in the general commercials. You're great. That Icy Hot commercial, killer. You should really keep at it. One day you're going to make it big. Um, not, no, I mean, um, Kazam was great. And also um, Steel, very good. That should have started the DC universe. Thank you very much. But what I'm trying to say is, I know, where am I going with this? What I'm trying to say is that they showed little clippets of these podcasts. And here's the deal. I'm going to lean in real quick so that no one knows. Don't tell Shaquille O'Neal I said this and other people. They weren't that They weren't that good or funny. And so I'm like, in my head, I was like, if this is the best, maybe even if Leaf and Tess aren't, aren't as well-known as those people, just because you're well-known doesn't mean you give a great podcast. And so I was like, maybe, thank you for, what I'm saying is thank you for coming and also also you're welcome. Okay, I'm done. <laughs> Yeah. you're welcome for all this great content <laughs> i'm so sorry so i spent some time listeners i spent some time retooling my resume lately and uh tess was so kind to write me a letter of reference and i've just gotten really used to big upping myself and i don't want to go back i just always big up myself I constantly think I think that's a great plan. Yeah, big up yourself uh, always big up not be mean but also be like because i'm so I was talking to a coworker and I feel so bad about this. We were talking about monthly reports. So in my library system, you have to make a monthly report every month. And it's just like a list of things that you've worked on, like programs and activities, meaningful customer interactions. And we were talking about how I've been in that system for a year and I'm still having a hard time. Like what's monthly report worthy? Like this customer interaction, this customer interaction, which one? And she's like, oh, well, anytime a customer comes up to you and says, you help me out a lot or says some nice things to you, put it in there. And I said, well, that's all the time. <laughs> and I think she looked at me like I was being a real jerk face, but I was being honest. I mean, there, 
people are constantly saying I'm helpful because I don't know, it's my job, you know? And yeah. anyway, what I'm what I'm saying is that like, I could have easily been like, oh yeah, well that's, you know, I'm an adult, right? An adult human on this planet. Oh, well that's never happened. If it happens, I'm sure I accidentally did something good. No, I did a great job and I'm awesome. And that's why I'm gonna be the best assistant branch manager <laughs> around by the way if uh, anyone on the interview board is listening i'm not normally this egotistical i'm very <laughs> humble incredibly humble um please consider me for the position um thank you very much for your time tales from the library since we're sharing i was i was recently i volunteered to uh, be on a, um, a panel discussion for an advocacy group, like a library advocacy interest group. So they were interested in like, how do you advocate in your library? Oh, cool. And I, I was like, well, I've advocated for like cool programs and services. Like for instance, I wrote a grant and I bought ukuleles for our library and we did like songwriting workshops for teens and we did beginner classes and it and that was pretty cool. So I was like, I feel like I could probably write about like how to advocate for services and new programs at your library. And so I sign up to be on this panel and then I, I'm on, then the day comes and they introduce the panel and they're like, all right, here's this person. This person started conversations about race relations in Baltimore between the community and the police. And she's just doing this really amazing work advocating for the African-American community. Like, here she is. And then, like this next person comes up and they're like, this person um, has started pride programs and pride displays at her library. And she um, is doing this whole staff training about LGBT advocacy in her library. And she's really just like revolutionized the library. Like their logo is now a rainbow. Like she's and amazing. This person is um Camilla Harris. <laughs> <laughs> and then they're like, and here's Tess. She got ukuleles for her library and they did these programs. With I almost the spit water all over this computer. <laughs> I like I was like, oh no, what have they done? And Anyway, I went through the panel and I talked about like how you have to budget for things and you, you know, the process of writing a grant and like what happens next and documentation and stuff like that. And meanwhile, these people are talking about these really heady topics that, um, I, and I felt kind of intimidated. And afterwards, our, our director came up to me and he was like, I was in that I was at that panel discussion and I thought what you said was really great. And I was like, well, you know, I'm not doing as much as these other people are doing. And he said, yeah, but I think that the things that you said were very relatable. And I feel like they're kind of easy to put into practice where these like super heady topics are maybe not so easy for like the average librarian to tackle right away. Like maybe we need to start with ukuleles and work our way up. And afterwards, I was kind of feeling down on myself. And, you know, our, our mutual friend, Elizabeth, she said, she was like, who wrote that grant? Ooh. I like, well, I did. She said, that's right. No one else wrote that grant. Who, who, who put on that workshop? Like, I, I, I put on the workshop. She said, that's right. No one else taught those kids to write songs. That was you. You know, you're pretty great. And I was like, oh, I guess I am. I, Thank I you. was in that room. I was in that room during, what would you call it? Uktober or something? Jam well, January. there was January. Yeah. 
and then the the sequel event was Yuktoberfest. Yeah, are you kidding me? Well, and also it's just like our your your director had said that it's um it's about um um perspective and like someone in the crowd could be all gung ho and then they see not to take away from what those other two women did like they did amazing things but they could be really intimidated like oh that's great but but they someone might walk away and be like oh i can get some money for some video game systems yeah yeah Yeah, real quick i know we're going to talk about twin peaks do i look like this is random do i look like kanye west today no look at my cheeks don't i kind of look like Kanye? you know how he kind of looks like and no offense kanye west uh, we we're, we're friends now. Um, remember, you know how Kanye West always looks like he's kind of hiding, like a little bit of food in his cheeks. You know what I'm talking about? You know what I'm talking about? Look. I guess you are kind of Kanye West. I do yeah. a little bit, right? Is because yeah. maybe because of that soup? I swear I don't have any yeah. soup in my cheeks. It was real salty, maybe. Yeah, know. maybe give me a little bit of swollen cheeks. Yeah, I am. Know. I am glad that you squashed your beef with Kanye. It was um, I'm trying to do the Kanye face. Wow. Because Kanye, you got a beautiful smile. You should show it more. I've never seen it, but I've heard legends of it. You know, he's really good at big upping himself. He, so maybe he, you're maybe you're slowly turning into Kanye. Uh, word on the street is uh, Kanye is um, Jesus. So good for him. Didn't he say that? I'm pretty sure he did. Or he is. I don't know. Um, anyway, we should talk about Twin Peaks. Let's talk about Twin Peaks. Today we are discussing part five of Twin Peaks The Return subtitled case files Mm. and this um i'm gonna do my summary of the episode um leaf is gonna fill in with color commentary and whenever he finds a mystery i'm gonna highlight it leaf you never believe this i'm on like my third or fourth highlighter like highlighters just keep disappearing in my house i don't know where they went but that's a mystery highlight it that's a mystery (laughs) i do have this one i know you love to hear the click let's see Ooh, that was good. That? Yeah. Yeah, there's the click of the highlighter. Tess and I have been talking about starting our own ASMR podcast. <laughs> Same sounds, y'all. That's not bad. The, and also, if we have any new listeners, normally we get to the Twin Peaks much faster than this. Right away. <laughs> and also, if we do have any new listeners, Tess and I used to work together. We live many miles apart. And now this is the only time we get to chat and hang out. And, yeah. uh, so I'm if we go on a tangent, you'll just have to forgive us. It's just I'm slowly turning into Kanye West. Soon she won't recognize me anymore. <laughs> uh, all right. So we start off in Vegas. Um, we're at that Rancho Rosa uh, um, neighborhood. And who's yeah. on that billboard? Just like a bunch of smiling people. Do we know any of those people? We do not. I believe those are stock photos, um, I believe, uh, on the ranch. I, I know that someone on the internet has done a deep dive on that billboard. And you know what? I'm going to try and find an article about that billboard and post it on our Twitter feed. So like I said, follow at same team y'all on Twitter for wholesome peaks content. Um, I'm going to see if I can find, I'm sure somebody has analyzed the heck out of that billboard. Um, so there are multiple groups of nefarious looking individuals staking out Dougie. Like there's that, the car full of guys, I think that might've been the car full of guys that tried to snipe Dougie a few episodes ago. And then there's an, a second crew that is also kind of just like going through the neighborhood, looking at 
at uh, at Dougie's car, which is still there, because as we know, Jade gave two rides that day, and um, so Dougie's car is still in this neighborhood in this driveway, and um, one of the the crews, like I think the original crew that was trying to take care of Dougie, uh, they're reporting to a woman over the phone, and she is very stressed out very very stressed out that this job has not been completed it was supposed to be done a while ago um i guess she needs to like call in and report on the progress of the job and she uses a blackberry which i haven't seen one of those in a really long time and she seems to have reached some kind of device with blinking lights it's like a little, like a mechanic, it looks like an electronic box with blinking lights on a plate in a kind yeah. of ominous room. It's, it's very exciting, you know, very exciting. Very weird and wild. And it, and she, by the way, this actor, or this actress, she did a phenomenal job looking uh, nervous and yeah. indecisive about yeah, it. Yeah, you can tell that she's very anxious about what is going on. <laughs> Um, speaking of great actresses, Constance, the forensics detective, love her. She has a cute little stand-up routine uh, in this episode. But the really important thing is that she was um, doing her autopsy on the John Doe, and she found a wedding ring in that in this man's stomach, in this corpse's stomach. And engraved in the wedding ring, it says, to Dougie, with love, Janie E. And we know those people. What is that wedding ring doing in this random man's body? When they first said that it was engraved, you know what I thought it was engraved with? What? I thought it was going to say fire walk with me. Oh. I, I really did. Yeah. On yeah. the inside of a wedding ring? That would be actually, there's probably a, like a very nice Quinn Peak. Is that what's on the inside oh, of Chris's after. ring? Chris, <laughs> is that what's on the inside of your, your wedding ring? Fire walk with me? <laughs> Chris, email us. Let us know what's engraved on your wedding yeah, ring. Yeah. No judging, of course. You're one of the best <laughs> humans we know. You know, <laughs> I have actually, Chris, real quick, and Tess knows this. Lately, I've become very disenchanted with almost all humans. And you, sir, you are on the list of, you're on, you're on Leaf's uh, good boy list. Uh, welcome to the good boy list. He's made an exception for you. <laughs> um, we see Mr. C in prison. Um, he knew his food was coming. He's like, okay, now the food's coming. I can't tell if he's a prophet or if he's just kind of becoming used to the routine of prison life. He's only been there like a couple of days. So I, I'm not sure what that was about. Nice food for a prison, by the way. There was mm -hmm. like some fresh fruit on there. Uh, Mr. C gets up and he looks in the mirror. And we, oh, get, a, yeah. we get a flashback to... Uh, you know, this doppelganger laughing in the red room with Bob, um, these scenes from the season two finale. And then as he's looking in the mirror, I don't know if you noticed this, it's like very subtle, but his face kind of morphs into Bob's face. What are you laughing yeah. at? <laughs> I was just laughing. Like I did, I did notice that. I, it is yeah. a little subtle, but I noticed because we were staring for a long time. Um, highlight that for me, please. Okay. Also, uh, well, we see that weird thing. 
what? he says something too he says you're still with me that's good like he's speaking to bob almost yeah. we got to see snake yeah were you happy snake. about that you were curious if we were gonna see him so did we see snake oh do you you don't think we did i presumed it was him no i'm being honest with you was it snake uh, yeah that well the actor is the same remember when i didn't know it was um shelly Oh, okay. Then yes, that is the same actor. Describe this. Snake. <laughs> describe this scene to me. What's going on with Snake? So, um, in the scene, it looks like some sort of office building, and he's behind a desk. He's some kind of boss. Wait, character. Snake, a Snake, the boss who chooses. Yeah. The uh -huh. Yeah, and he's like, he's like, come in here, and this young man comes in. This young man looks a little. He looks a little disheveled. Um, he's obviously applied for a job in this office, but he did not apply for it correctly. His resume is a mess. Not like your resume. Your resume is on point. Wait, you haven't seen it. I have. You showed it to me. It had a broccoli on it. I got, so I, I'll send you, well, uh, part of me, like, should, I, I almost sent it to you, but then I was like, I'm, I'm like on a roll. I needed to submit this. Um, I did get rid of the... I did get rid of the broccoli. Oh. I, that's okay. No, it's no big deal. I replaced it with my initials. Very classy. Okay. Very classy. Very classy. Yeah. Okay. Super mm -hmm. classy. Yeah. Uh, and um, oh, your initials are now LV. Thank which you. Are also, the initials of Las Vegas. Oh my gosh. Well, also, I've been I've been thinking if we're doing the whole name switcheroo, I'm 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 thinking of keeping Eric as my middle name, which makes my initials Lev. Whoa, like Lev Grossman, the amazing the, author of the Magicians trilogy. And and awesome J Chapter book. Oh, the um the oh no, I'm reading it right now. What's it called? The Silver Arrow. Silver Arrow. Are I wanted to call it something express because it's a train. It's Polar Express. Train. Are you in the middle of reading it right now? I am. I'm in the middle of reading mm -hmm. it right now. She's she's got her train going. There are animals on her train, mm -hmm. but we just encountered some animals that did not have tickets and they were trying to get on the train. Such a good scene. Such okay. a good show. Or uh, such a great book. Anyway, I'm glad you're enjoying it. Okay, back to show. Twin Peaks. Yeah. You should make a TV show of the it. The Silver Arrow, the show? Yeah. That sounds killer, right? Right? Netflix original. Make it kind of like, it's like Lev Grossman. But you can, and I know guys, I know you're here for Twin Peaks, but real quick. We love, by the way, Lev Grossman is one of our favorite authors authors he's a great guy he promised to be best friend for life and we we discussed depression medication so we're that good of friends anyway um real quick but you you see what i mean where or at least do you feel it's like a, a j chapter book but it still feels like a lot of common theme like it's a lev book through and through right Absolutely. yeah yeah so anyway this young man has not filled out his application correctly and <laughs> snake like rips into this kid he's like you are never gonna work here you're never gonna work anywhere you suck <sighs> you suck and um and the kid like storms out of the office and that is and that's our scene so the thing is i love this this is a great example of why i love this show because we're giving no context like i really i would have been very happy if we never saw this kid again and it was just like <laughs> It was just like, this is a, cause I'm pretty sure I could be wrong, but like we, we've, well, we are in, we've been in Vegas. That's a big setting. And so I would be happy if we never saw, I remember a few episodes ago, that guy who was like, why do they, 
why do they make why do you let him make you do those things yeah you know? yeah i'd be happy if we never saw, i feel like we'll probably see him again but i'd be happy if that was just like a scene that existed in the universe and we'll never get resolution for it you know um <laughs> But uh, I mean, no. I kind of, I kind of wish that we don't see him again, but we do see him later in the episode. Mm. Uh. The um, what was I going to say about that scene? I wish another wish is I wish that the internet had his snakes dialogue out there because that would have been my quote of the week. <laughs> but I wasn't writing. Like sometimes I have paper with me, sometimes I don't. So often I rely on the internet to be like, these are the quotes of the episode, and I'm like, oh yeah, I remember that one. That one's good. This one was not out there, unfortunately, because that pie would have been my quote of the week. So, um, Frank Truman is on the phone with Harry, um, and his wife Doris shows up at the sheriff's department, and she's mad mm. about a lot of stuff. Primarily, there's a leaking pipe, I presume, in their home, and she's really stressed out about it and she's complaining and I, I just feel really bad for Frank in this scene like um she's in my opinion kind of acting a little unreasonable now I don't know the full backstory I don't know if maybe Frank has known about this leaking pipe for weeks and like just has been ignoring it like doesn't care and she's been complaining and he's just like whatever woman I don't know but <laughs> he doesn't seem like that kind of guy and it just seems like she's sort of like berating him and I feel like I don't know I just I kind of feel bad for him in this scene Two things about this scene is I felt when Frank was sitting there just like calmly watching her because that's yeah. the bit she's going crazy and then he answers her question and the thing has already the thing she's asking for has been done mm -hmm. and then she's still angry right yeah. um, I like this is actually probably my favorite scene of the whole episode it's phenomenal look at you it's a killer episode chef's kisses everywhere <laughs> or killer scene um, one because I think it Frank to me, the way he was acting seemed like um, Harry S. Truman, like very much like, you know, like, okay, I'm going to let this happen. And then we're going to, I'm man of, uh, I'm going to be calm. And actually when he was sitting there, it made me think of episode one of Twin Peaks when, when, when Lucy's trying to tell him like, oh, I transferred the phone call. It's on the desk. And it's just like Truman, just like yeah. staring at her. Like, okay, I'm going to let her run through. And then okay. I think I know where the phone is. I've, I've been here forever. Um, but I love so this is I think why David Lynch's work speaks to me because we've talked about this how like a lot of the humans in his show seem almost like caricatures of humans in real yes. life instead of Absolutely. real humans. Yeah, and this is a perfect scene of this. I think this and what was her name in the um apartment complex who was so flustered with her little dog and all yes. that. Yes. I don't remember her oh, name, but I forget, a, but I know yeah, I know perfect, perfect examples of like human caricatures right and i love this is why i love the same test and you know i've become pretty disenfranchised or dis disenchanted with humans and to me almost no offense if you're a human almost every human i've seen recently now that my eyes are open and i've learned to sit back and watch they seem like this woman right like i'm at my desk and i'm working and then two people are complaining about they're like i couldn't find a parking space oh my god i couldn't believe it and they're like and there was a person in their car and i was waiting and they just waited there and you know what it was just a power trip i know they're made a power trip yeah i know i can't and they're just like working themselves up i was like are we talking about 
parking? Like, you just park. You could just go over there. Yeah. You you park there. That's where you. If this, yeah, I mean, there are spaces. We, we it's not like they were all gone. If you can't park here, you park there, and then you walk with your feet. I've been doing it for a long time. It's fine. And so, like the way this woman acted, perfect. Maybe not even character. Maybe a, a true vision of 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 homo sapiens it was a phenomenal scene i love it in every way and once again this one would have been a quote of the week if i could have found the script but i could not find it so brett um brett watched this episode with me my beloved husband brett um who uh is not a fan of twin peaks the return but he wanted to spend some time with me and i was like well i'm watching this so you can come and watch with me and he watched this and he <laughs> He uh, made a judgment call about this woman's acting. He was like, man, this lady's a really bad actor. Like, she's really overacting this scene. And I was like, I I doubt that that was her choice. Like, I feel like it's probably David Lynch's choice for her to be kind of just out of control in this scene. It's so interesting because, like, the idea of, like, acting, right? Like, so, like like the acting was good the acting was bad right like in a star wars movie right acting's good acting bad maybe you know it, it's all based on the assumption that these people are supposed to act realistically right but clearly in this show i don't think they're meant to be acting realistically meaning that that can't be a good judgment that can't be a good um um telling point if it's a good actor maybe she's the best actor on earth because she did exactly what he wanted you know <laughs> i don't know i mean i do agree with brett that she was acting not like a regular um like a, a like she wasn't acting in a way that was believable you know right but i think that was probably on purpose i can't um, imagine i can't I imagine have... that he was like suddenly like david lynch is like okay now be just calmly just act flustered yeah no i think <laughs> i i uh i have I have like a running theory. I don't want to reveal it yet, but I have a running theory about this entire show that has to do with scenes like this that I will at some point reveal in the future. At the end um, of the, when we're done? No, I feel like it'll probably be before then, but I, I feel like it's might maybe too soon to reveal my theory. So I'm going to hold on to it, but it has to do with like little vignettes like this that we see within the show. Um, so Jamie E counted all of that money that Duper brought Duper. home. Yeah. And it is total $425,000. She's stashed it, but she tells him you need to call, you need to call them and pay them their $50,000. So Presumably, whoever's trying to kill Dougie, um, he owes them fifty thousand dollars, and she's like, uh, "You have to, you have to do this." And then, and then I love this. She's like trying to get him out of the house. Like she's such a like a flustered mom in this moment. Like she's trying to handle Sunny Jim, their actual child, but also duper is acting so erratically. She's like, "You have to get ready for work." Like, oh crap, your car. Ugh, I guess I'm gonna have to drive you. Could you please get a move on? Let me fix your tie. Um, and uh, Duper has this moment where he's looking at Sunny Jim in the car and he starts crying. Um, 
And then, and then Janie E drives him to work. Do you have like a, a any any thoughts about that? I always love when you're guiding me, and you're like, "So, would you like me to do anything with those words on this paper with this highlighter?" Feel like you might have some thoughts about it. Yeah. I don't know. Go ahead and highlight it. Okay, Go ahead and highlight, highlight that. Is this our first highlight of the episode? No. No. Did we highlight something else? Maybe it is. I feel like we did highlight. No, something. we did. We did highlight something else. Right? Yeah, okay, okay. All right. So, um, uh, meanwhile, we're talking about Dougie's car. Where is it? It's it's there in Rancho Rosa. It's still under surveillance. Um, more than one car. Something that Brett pointed out that I hadn't really noticed because I don't really pay attention to cars that often. Every car in this episode is either old or it looks old. Um. Because Brett said, when is this supposed to take place? And I was like, well, it's, it came out in 2017 and it's supposed to be like pretty like 20. Like it's supposed to be yeah. like in that time is 25 years after the events of the original series. So and he's like, all of these cars are like Janie E's car is kind of this like old looking car the um the cars that are surveilling dougie's car are kind of like classic kind of roadster type looking cars i don't know what that means but it's something that that he pointed out that i thought was interesting um janie is kind of fed up with dougie when they are with duper when they arrive she's like she says something that i thought was kind of interesting like you're obviously having one of your episodes so I guess Dougie, the Dougie that she knows, occasionally acts like this or acts in a kind of a, a weird way. Yeah, I don't know. Um, but she gets him out of the car, <laughs> sends him on his way to work in this like office building. But Duper is very interested in the statue that is outside of the office building. The statue is of a man. It looks kind of like a cowboy type kind of figure holding a gun and um, kind of pointing the gun. And then, and then Duper is also, he like kind of mimics that. He's also holding a gun and he's just kind of staring up at this um, statue. Uh, he finally makes his way into the office building. There's a lot of hustle and bustle going on. And then there's this young man. He's kind of a fidgety young man. I don't know if you noticed, but he kind of never stops moving. <laughs> and he is carrying lots of coffee it's a lot of coffee yeah like like at least eight cups of coffee like maybe more than that he's carrying in his hands and duper is very interested in this coffee he wants some coffee and this young man's name is phil and he's like "Ooh, dougie i'm sorry i didn't get you one like you've been you've been out for the past couple days and i didn't get you one and duper is like he's gonna have some of that coffee and so he gives him frank's coffee he's like i you know frank doesn't usually drink his coffee so you can have frank's coffee and duper is overjoyed like you like you demonstrated he's drinking the coffee he's holding it in both hands he's like mm-hmm. he loves it he loves he's it loving it um and we find out that they are on their way to a staff meeting at lucky seven insurance by the way, Phil says, hey, that's damn good Joe, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Which is very similar to the damn fine coffee that yeah. that Cooper used to drink back in Twin Peaks. Um, uh, 
Duper is pulled aside by another character. We mean, we're meeting lots of characters in quick succession here. Um, another character, uh, this guy's name is Tony. And he's like, I covered for you. You owe me. So apparently Dougie's been like off on a bender for a couple days and Tony was covering for him at the office. And then there's also a guy named Darren. He's trying to run some game on a, a, a young female coworker that he has. She is not into it. Um, we meet Frank who lost his coffee and he's like, what do you mean he gave away my coffee? And Phil's like, do you want this green tea latte? And I just thought it was the cutest moment of the whole episode because Frank actually really likes the green tea latte. Yeah. And I thought that was so cute because he's like, he's like begrudgingly drinking it. And then he's like, he's like at first he's like no and then he's like yeah give me that coffee give me that and then he likes it you know i've never had a green tea latte i mean i'm sure well i've had a green tea frappuccino at starbucks and i have really enjoyed that drink and so i'm curious if, if the green tea latte is anything like that it's actually a very refreshing and delightful beverage so um i just loved that cute little moment of him enjoying his latte I actually had a uh, real quick tea gent. It's a tea related tangent. Um, I had a new tea today called Eternal Bliss is what it was called. Yeah, it was a mix of um, mix of green and white tea. And some wow. other. Are you going to always be happy now that you've had it? Well, I asked that of the waitress. <laughs> and she did not think that was very funny at all. <laughs> so maybe not. It's like one time I, I was, uh, I was on a conference um, and I was, uh, whenever I go out of town, I'm always worried because I also like Cooper, like my coffee. And whenever I go out of town, like whenever I leave my house, I'm always worried, like, am I going to be able to find coffee? I feel the same thing about Chipotle, you know? <laughs> yeah. So you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm leaving the house. Where's the nearest Chipotle? Just in yeah. case, just in case. So we get to this hotel and I see that there's a Starbucks in the hotel and I'm like, okay, great. There's coffee. Now the, the pickle is that in order for me to function in the morning, I have to have the coffee, but in order to go to the coffee shop in the hotel, I have to have already been functioning because I have mm. to like look presentable. Ugh. Anyways, I get to, <laughs> I get to Starbucks. I'm feeling a little punchy and they ask me how I want my coffee and I tell them I want it. Black as midnight on a moonless night. That's funny. And they did not find it. They didn't. Yeah, find you know what? <laughs> I had a moment. There's a moment in here. Here's a thing, real quick. I know so many tangents. Are you familiar with the show Roseanne? Yeah. When I was a kid, I used to watch that show with my family, and I enjoyed it. Um. Anyway, there was a scene. I don't even remember what was going on. Where um Dan Connor, played by John Goodman, um Great there's actor. some. Oh, phenomenal. Love I love, I, I, I want to, I, before I die, I would love to give John, John Goodman, if you're listening, I would love to give him a hug, right? Probably phenomenal. A damn good hugger. He was a pop racer in the classic movie Speed Racer. You love that movie. I, I love, it is top three of all time for me. <laughs> anyway, there's a scene where, where people are talking in a room and they're making jokes, right? And I'm the viewer and we're watching this scene together. And then there's a, a part where everyone leaves and it's just um, John Goodman's character. And he makes a joke like to himself, like, I don't even remember what it is, but he like walks away funny, right? And I had a moment where I was like, no one else is in the room, but the viewer, 
which is me. So I've kind of got, and this is really silly. I was a young man. So this has an impression on me where I was like, you know what? doesn't matter if anyone's around. Make the joke. And it doesn't matter if anyone laughs. I thought it was funny. That's for you. Yeah. That was for me. Yeah, 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 right? I had a moment where I was like, why? wait. I had a moment where I was like, I broke the wall like of the Roseanne show. I was like, wait, why is he making a joke now? Because no one's in the room. That's unrealistic. And I was like, oh, it's just for him. That's right. Yeah, yeah. So um, anyway. <laughs> so they're having their staff meeting and Tony is telling that he's informing their boss, uh, Mr. Bushnell, about uh, uh, insurance claim that they they have to honor. And, and Bushnell's like, what? And he's like, yeah, no, we have to honor this claim. We have to give them their money. And um, kind of like a green light flashes green, on Tony. It looked kind of gold to me, but maybe green. Maybe gold. Some sort of light kind of flashes on him. A color and, that starts with the letter G. Certainly. And Duper, Duper says he's lying. Yeah. And Tony does not appreciate this. And neither does Mr. Bushnell. And Mr. Bushnell is like, okay, you need to see me. See me after this meeting. Um, Tony, another great caricature of humanity right mm. like he's like ready to throw down i was like dude here's the deal real quick i've lived my whole life without threatening anyone <laughs> with a punch and i i anticipate living the rest of my life not needing to do that so tony slow your roll buddy yeah we yeah, he like threatened to assault him in a staff meeting, and the Thank boss you. like took his side. Basically, what a dysfunctional workplace! If, if anyone on the interview panel for the assistant branch manager <laughs> position, for one, looking at this, I would immediately address Tony and say that his behavior was unprofessional, and that we would need to coach his behavior so that he's not threatening coworkers in the workplace. Immediately, right? Yeah. Would just pick that. Oh, anyway. Also, I would look up on Duper, and I would realize he's acting out of sorts and yeah. i would definitely see if he needed medical attention he you has know? to be escorted from room to room <laughs> by like and at no, least I, one other employee like I'm he's just, definitely not no one, all there no one thinks it's weird and like even earlier when he leaves his wife's car like she yells at him to close the door and he walks away and she's like oh, i gotta close the door <laughs> yeah. Like, this is normal. It's so funny. Oh. Well, I mean, Janie E made that comment yeah. about Dougie's episode. So maybe this is normal for Dougie. Maybe they're like, oh, he's just acting weird again. Old, old Dougie. Um, so uh, the they're in Bushnell's office. And um, I thought it was interesting. His office is really interesting. There's a big poster behind him of like himself when he was a young boxer. He was battling Bud Bushnell. Oh, I didn't um, realize that was him. I That's what I presume. Oh, maybe it was like a son or something. I don't know. But I presumed it was like him it's in probably the glory him. days. Yeah. Um, but he's telling, he's talking to Duper and he's like, you know, you can't make this claim about one of my best agents. And Duper says, agent, agent, agent. like that kind of awakens something in him. And then, and then Mr. Bushnell's like, you need to take home these case files. This is your homework tonight. And, and Duper says case files, which is another thing that like Cooper would have have some sort of association with so i don't know if cooper is just trying to kind of like come out in this like moment he's slowly becoming himself this scene also but had then, a great moment where where um duper is escorted into the room with the two other staff members and then bushnell says something like uh can we have a moment alone and I'm like okay 
And he's like, no, you guys leave. <laughs> like such he a funny... him, well, he tells him to shut the door. Thank and you. Like, oh, we'll shut the door. He's like, no, with you on the other side, please. <laughs> His door is like a cool, like, revolving door. It's like a yeah. big wooden door that spins around. It's an interesting office, for yeah. sure. Um, yeah. And so you think for a moment, like, maybe he's coming awake. I know in the last episode, you had predicted that Duper was going to that cooper was going to awake with the taste of coffee um that doesn't seem to be the case also apparently the code words agent or case files also do not awaken him because he still does not know how to pee like what could it be i don't know but he has to pee again and that the girl like sneaks him into the ladies room because she's like oh you have to go it must be locked in the men's room like do you want to kiss me so weird what is going on in this office like she's coming on to him she's the same girl that the guy was trying to get with she was and she was like darren talk to your wife meanwhile dougie has a wife too i don't know what anyways it's a weird office that scene was really interesting too because like she's standing there and he's peeing and you hear him like oh yeah peeing she's laughing she's like she's like laughing and giggling that's so charming like it's it's really (laughs) look at you it's very weird like one it's like is it silly that he is peeing like and she actually and this is maybe me looking into it like she like there's a moment she like bites her lip like it's like maybe she's into it i mean i'm not kink shaming anybody i'm not first of all i'm not kink shaming anyone and i'll be the first one to admit like hey a woman hanging out with a guy in a restroom is kind of hot but or near a restroom is kind of hot but like this whole scene doesn't make any sense to me i don't understand it maybe she's really into pee-pee stuff you know maybe maybe that's it yeah speaking of of pee-pee of dysfunctional workplaces okay we head back over to the silver mustang and that floor manager who who was sure he was gonna get in trouble um because uh duper won all that money he does indeed get in trouble it looks like the owners of these of this casino are these two gentlemen um mobsters perhaps um there are there is a lot of allegedly alleged mob activity in the city of las vegas and these guys kind of in real life yeah in real life oh and these guys kind of seem to fit the bill these two guys these two guys by the way who are have an entourage of three ladies with them that are all dressed in like cute little pink dresses (laughs) so here's the deal i actually had a conversation the other day yesterday with a co-worker okay um, not about Twin Peaks, but we were talking about, are you familiar with the band BTS? Yes. Yeah. And we were talking about their newest song, Butter. And I was asking her, because I'm not a big fan of, yeah, I'm not a big fan of BTS. Not that I don't like it. I just haven't listened to a lot of it, but I've heard the song Butter. And I asked her, I said, is that a sexual song? Is this sexual butter? She was like, no, no, it just means they're smooth. They're and then I said, like they're smooth like butter, not, mm-hmm. not sexy butter. But I told her, I had been listening to a lot of Ariana Grande and a lot of Kesha, which a lot of their songs are very sexual and mm-hmm. some Lady Gaga. So then I don't know if it put me in the mind frame of like, oh, this Butter song is a sexy song. I'm mm-hmm. saying all this because then this scene also seemed, because now it's like you got one guy hurting a guy in front of uh, three women 
um, standing by spectators. Yeah. And yeah. I was like, is this supposed to be not like sexy for us, but like, is this a sexual thing? Like, does he bring women so they can hurt men in front of these women? Because they seem like they they see this all the time. It looks like I just want to. I just since we're talking about BTS, I never thought that we would be talking about BTS in the middle of our Twin Peaks podcast. But I just want to put a shout out to McDonald's BTS meal. Apparently, BTS love to eat McDonald's, and they have their own meal at McDonald's, and it is really good. It's just their chicken nugget meal, but it comes with these little sauces that they don't normally have. One's a Cajun sauce and one is a sweet chili sauce and they are delicious. Kudos to BTS wherever you are. You have great taste in chicken nugget dipping sauce. You know what I thought of when you, and nothing against BTS, but you know what I thought of when you said apparently they eat at McDonald's a lot. Um, Remember in Forrest Gump when, (laughs) when, when the mom is explaining to Forrest Gump, like, it's okay if you don't use these paddles in real life. You just got to say that you do. That's what it made me feel like. Like, it was like one of those, like, of course we love this Cajun. What am I talking about? Yeah, welcome to BTS land. I love butter as well. What do you want me to say? Because I like money. Um, nothing. I'm sure there are, my friend Monica loves BTS. And she, in her words, they are all good boys. So I'm sure they're all very good boys. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's some love and kindness to all of the members of BTS, wherever yes. they are, hardworking young men, yeah. good dancers. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so yeah, this the floor manager gets beat the heck up by these guys. He's fired and told to leave town, and um, they promote just the next guy standing there. He's like a pit boss or something. He's that's, like, you're in charge now. That's the Empire Strikes Back moment, right? Like, it made <laughs> yeah. me think of, like, Darth Vader choke the dude out, and he's like, you've, you've just been promoted. Yeah. You're an admiral. And you're like, yeah, so good. And they, tell, and they tell him, if this guy, Duper, if he ever comes in here again, you let us know. This is That's your priority reporting here, is we need to know if this guy comes back. And then they tell that guy to leave town too after they beat him yeah, up. Yeah, they beat him up and tell him to leave town. Yeah. So luckily he Ooh. didn't. Luckily he wasn't murdered. So that's right, good. like hopefully he can he can go to Reno or something and be a floor manager at a casino somewhere else. Or maybe he can go down to Charlestown. Races and slots. Races and slots. I used to think when I was little, I used to think that he was saying um, races and such. Oh, <laughs> like races and such, you know, other such things That's as so races. <laughs> I used to think this is so funny. I used to think he said racists and sluts. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Which I know isn't right, but like, what? Oh, no. That's so much better, or maybe it's so much worse. I just why like so they're advertising. Better. Come here, we have racists and sluts. It, for the record, Charlestown, <laughs> I'm sure it's a great place. Races, horse races, and slots, slot, slot machines. Thank you. <laughs> so <stupid>. Um, <laughs> back in Rancho Rosa, we get a brief scene of that house across mm. the street that I did not like to I visit. See, I see it on your face, the way oh, it affected you. I really, I these scenes make me so upset. Um, this woman, the woman is like passed out. The kid is still eating crackers. He decides to go outside. Um, oh, the scene where he crosses the street was like, 
is something about to happen to this I th- kid. I thought a car was going to hit him. Yeah. I thought a car was going to hit him. He sees something under Dougie's car, and that's what he's gone to investigate. And then these guys pull up um, in one of the cars that was surveilling this house. Um, and they they tell the kid to get away. They throw rocks at him. And at first I was like, hey, that's really mean. But then they break into the car and they start it and it explodes. Apparently that thing underneath the car was a bomb. And the kid's life was saved by those a-holes. So I guess that's, it's, it's good that they were being mean. Um, and then he so. goes he goes back across the street and he watches a car burn through his window. Um, and that's a scene that happens in this television show. Um, speaking of people in their cars, Jade, um, she's having her car detailed. I did notice the make of her car. She has like a cool Jeep. Um, mm. I think Jeeps are cool and I like that she had a Jeep. But um, <laughs> the guy who's detailing her car, by the way, totally knows she's a hooker i thought that was interesting he was like hey does one of your johns from washington because he found the key Mm. that was in cooper's pocket to his room at the great northern and jade very helpfully puts it into a mailbox can you highlight the key for me please okay um i like the scene because one uh, i think jade is great and I feel, I'm going to be honest with you, maybe I only think she's great because the first time I saw her, she was nude and she's got a beautiful body. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm a, I'm a human man. And I noticed, by the way, Jade, very nice. Anyway, I, I like her. What? Very nice. I know. Very nice. Um, I, I like this scene though, because it, it's not like, there's no shame. Like, oh, was that a giant? It was like, oh. Is one of your Johns from down here, you know? I mean, this is Las Vegas. Yeah. And and Leif, if you've never been to Las Vegas, they do things differently there. <laughs> I've, I've been to Las Vegas twice. And um, oh, yeah, there's, um, yeah. then you'll know, there's just a lot more openness about, about escorts. Yeah. And um, I, I remember one time I was in Las Vegas with my beloved husband and we went to see a Cirque du Soleil show. Cirque du Soleil does a number of performances. Was it it the Beatles one? It was the Beatles one. I've been to that show as well. It is so good. So good. I had been wanting to see it for so long. And my husband, God bless him. He's not a Beatles fan. He feels that the Beatles are overrated. He's probably like the only person who feels that way. But anyway, he was like, uh, I'll take you because you want to go see it. And we're sitting there in the theater and this man comes in and he sits in the row in front of us. And he has, Leif, I'm not kidding, a redhead, a brunette, and a blonde as his like company that evening. He's taking yes. all three of them. So wait, and he's taking them to Cirque du Soleil? He's taking them to see Cirque du Soleil and they are all over him and laughing at every little thing he says. They're all dancing together. The guy has like no rhythm and the girls are like, oh. and I was like, wow, like this is happening. This, this guy is, is so happy. Good. This guy's living his best life tonight anyway. I remember once when Amanda and I were younger, we went to this strip club in California called the Kit Kat Club. And I know, I know. And we went there and this guy will, because we're just sitting at the, at the stage and, you know, talk, talking to women and, you know, watching them take their clothes off. And anyway, this guy comes in and for probably less than an hour, I'm going to say 40 minutes, he was 
king of the planet Earth. He walked in, he made it like rain. The music started. There are women walking by, uh, you know, taking their clothes off. And he's dancing. They're talking to him. They're laughing. And then, then the money ended. And then he was just a, <laughs> then he was just a, then he was just a normal human. And Amanda and I talk about that all the time about that very happy man we saw at the Kit Kat Club. And like for 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 forty five minutes, he was a king. Who's a king among men. Yeah. So, Jade, yeah. what we're trying to say is Jade is an empowered woman. That's exactly right. Yeah, we appreciate her. her. I like Jade. Speaking of empowered women, Norma! Did you recognize Norma? I did recognize Norma. Norma. Yeah. Is she still doing the same? So this is interesting because we were talking about seeing some characters come back and they're exactly the same. And some characters come back that are, are like different versions of them. We're going to see one of them later. And I don't know how I feel about this one. Um, but but anyway, yeah, Norma is still doing the thing at the old R and R. Yeah, so Norma is um, uh, she's at the R and R. She looks like she's maybe doing some paperwork, and she kind of sees Becky comes in. This new character, Becky, is that Amanda? Played, that is Amanda. played by Amanda Seyfried, um, and she apparently works at a bakery. She's here to deliver bread, and Norma. Norma calls out to Toad, which I don't know if you remember this, but Toad like worked in the kitchen at the R and R. I remember Toad because when they thought the um, the critic was coming by, they were like, "Let's put Toad in the back." <laughs> <laughs> so she calls out to Toad, and Toad comes and gets the bread. And I was like, "Oh, it's Toad! He's so he's also still working in the kitchen." And Shelly's still working there too. Shelly's working there and Shelly's talking to Becky. We come to find out, I don't know if you got this from the implication, but Becky is Shelly's daughter. I did get that. Yeah. And they were talking and, about her a few episodes ago at the, yes. at the old yes, roadhouse. Yes, that's correct. And how Becky was with this guy and everyone else was like, oh, I'm sure he's great. And Shelly's like, no, he's not. Have you seen, um, his, have you seen his resume? It is terrible. <laughs> it is, he's never getting hired. He's here. never getting hired. Um, <laughs> Becky, Becky needs some money and Shelly gives her whatever's in her wallet and they um, they say I love you and then she gets into the car with the failed job applicant. Do we know his name? Oh, we should. Oh, I don't remember Freya's it. Been, Freya's been doing, for new listeners, that's my daughter, she's been doing this new thing where she'll ask like what something's called and if I don't know it or if I don't answer fast enough she'll go, oh, I think it's called so I'm going to call him Failey. <laughs> no, no, no. We get but. Steve. His name is Steven. Oh, Steven. Oh, yeah. I, um, there's a Kesha song called Steven, I think. Or it's about Steven. It's all it's a song to Steven. It's to a Steven. Oh. Yeah, it's very good. I love I, I love um people named Steve. It's always been one of my favorite names. I don't know why, but I told I told Brett like if we ever had a son, I would like to name him Steven. And he told me no. If we ever had a son, we would name him after John Rambo. <laughs> <laughs> what is, uh, wait what's the sunny you should name him sunny jim <laughs> right yeah. yeah that's not a bad name that's not a name um <laughs> anyways um Shel- uh, so anyway she gets in the car with steven and norma kind of sidles up to shelly and she's trying to give her kind of advice like listen every time she comes in here she needs money what she really needs is help 
Um, and Shelly's like, yeah, don't I know it? I also made some poor decisions in my life. And they, they have a really sweet moment. And I love the shot. Like Norma kind of puts her arms around Shelly and Shelly puts her arms around Norma and they're just kind of like standing there watching Becky and Steven in the car. And I just thought that was like a really sweet shot of the two, these two women who've, who've been friends for decades. And I love to see it. I love to see that strong Shelley's, female friendship. Shelly's probably the age that Norma was in the original Twin Peaks, right? That's you know, right. so it's kind of cool to see that. Um, go ahead and highlight Shelly for me, please. You got the, it. Um, and it's just a question, kind of a mystery question. Um, no, it was really cool. I am. Um, it, it was nice to see them both doing the same thing. I was kind of hoping, and nothing. If you work in a diner, please, you know that's an important job. People need their food and the, your company and the hot Joe. But um, I kind of thought Shelly would work somewhere else. You know, like Norma makes sense. She owns the place. Good for her. You know, and Toad. I mean really who's gonna hire toad i mean have you seen well he's a culinary artist have you seen his resume tess no the um you're right but i mean i don't know i don't know i don't know i just i mean i'm happy she's there i just i don't know i hope she's happy yeah well we might see some more developments in both norma and shelly what is what's her daughter's name becky becky i really like um amanda c seafried yeah, I like. Yeah, that she's a, a good actress. I love her in the Mamma Mia movie. Yeah, I love that? her in. There's a show that used to be on HBO called Big Love. Have you heard it? No one's ever heard. I have of it. heard, have of you heard it. I have heard of that show. Yeah, it's about like a Mormon family. Yeah, it, I'm gonna get it, Bill Bill Paxton. Bill Paxton, a, a great I'm gonna, actor. I'm gonna give it double chef kisses because it's a phenomenal show. There it is. Yeah, yeah. It's very good. Anyway, she's in it. She plays Bill's uh, daughter in it. Oh, okay. Um, very good show. So, yeah, Steven is like, oh, I'm glad you got some money. I'll pay you back. And then they go someplace to do what I presume is cocaine. I don't, I don't do any sniffable drugs, so I don't know. But they're doing, Becky is feeling great after she has some. There's like this like extended so sequence. Good. I wrote down the word extended sequence and then I realized like all of these sequences are extended sequences. Like every scene in the show. I love, (laughs) I love this show so much. And I'll tell you why, because David Lynch isn't like afraid to linger. You know what I mean? And I, I really appreciate that. Like he's not afraid to just be like, so this is a moment we're having and we're not going to feel any pressure to cut and go somewhere. And I'm, my name's David Lynch, and I'm frankly not even concerned if you find this entertaining. I mean, <laughs> no, I, I'm being honest with you, and I, I love that. Like, that's so refreshing. Like, not to be like, you know, and be like, this is what I'm trying to do, and we're going to hang out on Amanda's face for, for I don't know, a good 30 seconds, maybe a minute. Longer, uh, yeah, I don't know. And, or or the scene earlier where um, Duper was just kind of like <sighs> in in the office, like trying to figure out what elevator he was going to take that was really long people walking by him a lot yeah you know? um uh, the scene with amanda um go ahead and highlight that for okay. me please i mean yeah also she's not wearing her seatbelt, and that's just irresponsible and i just want to remind all of our listeners that if you're getting into a vehicle, you should buckle your seatbelt because it's for your safety and the and it's for you know 
if you if you don't care, guess what? There are lots of people in the world who care about you. We care about you. Leaf and I care about you, and we want you to be safe. So yeah. always buckle up when you get into a vehicle. Yeah, and and if you don't care about your own life, think about this: if you get an accident and you don't wear your seatbelt, you can fly through the windshield and land on a cute cat and kill that cat. So why why do you want to kill cats? So yeah, please, why you want to kill a cat? Please put on your seatbelt. That yeah. should be like a new ad campaign for them. Like, for cats? Why, yeah, for seatbelts. Why would you want to kill a cat? Why would you want to kill a cat? Yeah. Wear a seatbelt. Wear a seatbelt. Um, I always wear, I'm wearing one right now. I'm in the house. <laughs> I just, every chair in my house. Everywhere I go. <laughs> I wear one everywhere just in case it's attached to my body. Oh, speaking of, of extended sequences, this scene, this next scene gave me such leaf vibes. The scene where they're in the elevator. Leaf as in me? Yes. The scene in the elevator where Duper is facing the wrong way in the elevator. Everyone is facing the door, right? And he's facing everybody. And I don't know why, but I was watching this scene and it reminded me of the very many conversations you and I have had about social constructs and how mm. like, we do things as people in society because... They're just like the thing that you're supposed to do. And one of those is that when you get on an elevator, you turn and you face the door. You don't look at the other people in the elevator. You, in fact, unless you're in the elevator with somebody, you basically pretend like those people don't exist. And then, and then you exit the elevator and instead you first like facing everybody in the elevator. And it just, uh, it gave me, it gave me leaf vibes. The, um, the door opens and he just stands there. <laughs> and there. then here's the deal. Like I, I get it. So social, like you said, social constructs and it's, it, we're being told that the elevator door is open and you get out. Right. But not only that, you have to get out as fast as possible. Cause guess what? Things are happening. Do you know how many tweets we missed while we were on the elevator? Get out of the elevator. And so anyway, I would say, although I understand someone's frustration, frustration, the door opened and the guy's not moving. I think everyone acted a little too rash with him. That woman was like freaking out. And I was like, I was like, what is it? It's not like, it's not like you couldn't find a parking space right in front of the work and you had to go somewhere else. I mean, that's <laughs> now that's something worth talking about for I'm being real snarky right now. That's something worth talking about. And then spreading that anger and resentment just around everyone, just, just smear it around the workplace. Cause that's really the smart thing to do. Okay. Your turn. Ted. <laughs> Humans. A lot of times we'll be in the car and Brett will be really upset about someone like in the car ahead of us, like not driving the way that he expects them to drive. And then I'll turn to him and I'll be like, but we're not going anywhere. Like we're just like we're just going this, to the store and it doesn't matter when we get there. So you don't have to be upset. This I mean, we're not racing, right? Like it's fine. Yeah. The um I, but it's not what's anyway, it's fine. But anyway, I do a similar thing with Amanda because she'll we'll be driving and she'll be like, You're an idiot, like talking to other people. You're an idiot. Why are you doing that? I'll, I'll lean in and be like, Amanda, they can't hear you. I, I can, though. I'm right here. I can hear that. They, they can't. They can't hear it. I don't think she appreciates it. And I don't blame her. That's, you know. So, Duper gets outside uh, again, another extended sequence. He gets outside of the office and he, again, is spending a lot of time looking at that statue. It's got to be reminding him of being an agent, right? Or my theory, does that remind him of Truman? 
That was his best friend. Or and the statue's kind of like cowboy-esque, like Harry Truman. That's really interesting. Or does it remind him of Andy? <laughs> <laughs> I bet it's Andy. We we solved the case. What is solved this? the case? Look at this. Speaking Look at of this. Andy, we get a little this? we get a little time with Hawk and Andy at the Twin Peaks um, Sheriff's Department. They're looking through those case files. They've got their donuts and their coffee. And then Andy says, <laughs> have you found anything about Indians yet? I haven't found anything about Indians. And Hawk is like, nope, I don't got anything about Indians either. <laughs> and then we get to a scene, Leaf, that I predicted incorrectly, apparently, would be your favorite scene of the episode. And that is Dr. Jacoby's weird you thought this would be my favorite episode a favorite scene just because it is so bizarre i thought that you would love it um and i was really looking forward to discussing it with you but um <laughs> you're making this face like you hated it <laughs> i i um here why don't you explain the scene and then i'll, uh, I'll uh, well so dr jacoby has uh, a persona <sighs> Like uh, like an alternate personality for like I don't know what he's doing. Is it a YouTube channel? I guess it's like a YouTube channel. Like he's streaming this. But his camera looks like a weird like old camcorder. Yeah, right? yeah, and he so he calls himself Doctor Amp, and he and he has a show where he is. Uh, that's the thing I was hoping that maybe you could explain to me. I can't figure out what his show is about. It's like he's mad about. I guess people who are running things and they're ruining the environment, maybe. I don't, I can't really tell. I know Jerry is watching the show. He's up in a tree smoking. Wait, who's Jerry? Jerry Horn, Ben Horn's son, Ben Horn's brother is in a tree. Oh, watching. I didn't recognize that was him. Yeah. Facial yeah. blindness I recognized is like going... him. I recognized him by the pot he was smoking. He's smoking a joint in a tree. And he's I guess listening the tree, to it. I guess the tree has Wi-Fi. I don't know how he's watching, but um, it's a really cool tree. And um, Nadine, <gasps> Nadine is watching the show. I did recognize like, her. You know why? Like a, a transcendent smile on her face. She's loving everything that he's saying. Um, the show kind of reminded me of InfoWars. Are you familiar with InfoWars? Yeah. Okay. You know exactly what I'm talking about. Oh, my about. face. I don't know if my face can become any more pained right now. <laughs> it's, it's kind of like he's just sort of ranting about conspiracies. And then at the end, he pulls out the golden, the golden shovel. shovel. And now we know what the shovels were. Apparently he sells shovels so that you can shovel your way out of the s and into the truth um and i don't know it was like 1999 <laughs> <Shovelers>. <laughs> tell me what you tell me about your thinking <laughs> so once again uh if you just search for same team on youtube you will find these episodes if you're ever curious what faces we're making uh, <laughs> um if you're curious how much i look like kanye west um <laughs> this was not my favorite scene of the episode um, for a couple of reasons. One is, um, so we're seeing a character that we, we've known before differently, right? Yes. And I feel that 
Dr. Jacoby in the past, I would call fairly um, not carefree, but like kind of separate from the regular concerns of humanity, right? Okay. Um, I think he cares about his patients. I think he cares about doing good. I think he likes um, various types of uh, drugs. And I think he likes surfing. And he seems to be a pretty cool, cheerful guy. Um, this... It's been 25 years though. I know, I know, I know. And that's the same excuse I make with Luke Skywalker. I understand that. I understand that it's been 25 years. I, you, I'm not, you knew that I was going to bring up Luke Skywalker. I knew, I knew, I knew. I know it's been 25 years and I'm not saying it's unrealistic. I'm saying it's fine. I'm just saying for me, it's a little bit of a bummer. Here's the second part of it. What he's doing now, another example of a character of humanity. Who knows what he's complaining about, right? I know this has been a this has been an anti-humanity heavy episode for you guys. I'm so sorry. You're very misanthropic lately. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I turn I turn the radio on, and I don't know if what I'm hearing is that different from what Dr. Jacoby's yelling at me, or I happen to go on the internet and I happen to scroll down to let's say a comment or something. I don't think it's that different. Where it's like, what exactly are we saying and why are we mad? You know? Um, so I, I, I did appreciate this scene for, for what David Lynch is doing. Um, but, I mean, Dr. Jacoby, you put, a lot of, you put a lot of anger and hate out in the world that already has it, right? You know, you and I are always t- constantly talking about what are we putting out in this world? What are we putting in the world? And what are you putting in the world, Dr. Jacoby? Also money. Like, I didn't think he would be very financially. I mean, now he's like in a, a trailer or something. So I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, maybe, good for maybe he's fallen on hard times, and this is how he's like funding. Like, I mean, didn't didn't we read in the secret history that he what that he lost his medical license? Oh, that's right. So he has to come up with some other way to pay the bills, and I guess he has kind of a following online. Nadine looked very inspired. Of course, she did. See, that's the. Th- that's a, in fact this episode this scene man this scene <laughs> but the thing is if art is just meant to make you feel period and maybe feel good feel bad feel frustrated david lynch is he created he's creating a masterpiece you know man so um, it's not my favorite scene sorry gotcha. that's fine that's fine uh, um we get a in the Pentagon, another new location for us. And uh, uh, an officer comes into an office to inform another officer that they've had a database hit. And um, the guy behind the count, behind the desk, I don't know if you recognized him, that actor is Ernie Hudson from the Ghostbusters. <laughs> Oh, I did. Re- I thought you were saying like he was from a previous Twin Peaks thing. No, you know? I don't think he is a previous Twin Peaks character, but I love that actor. I love to see him. Um, but he's like, what What number hit on the database is this? And she says, this is the 16th database hit. And he's like, well, um, and it's in Buckhorn, South Dakota. So we can infer from this scene that when Constance went to like, figure out who this John Doe is and it was blocked by the government it alerted these people and he's like all right well we're gonna have to um look into it um it's probably not gonna be anything because it never is whenever we go to investigate this it just never turns out to be a thing but if it is we have to tell the FBI 
and um and he sends her on her way and so then we get a scene in the roadhouse um surprisingly not the last scene of the episode because typically we end on the roadhouse the end of the the end of the episode is always a performance at the roadhouse i will like to i would like to point out that the um the song i wrote snake eyes trouble and i can't figure out if snake eyes is the song and trouble is the band or if snake eyes is the band and trouble is the song or snake eyes in trouble somebody will probably email me this band features david lynch's son i'm not sure which instrument he plays i think he plays the guitar but again what is his son's fan who does she think she is she doesn't know these are things that i'm too lazy to think about our 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 segment that we do sometimes is his son's name sunny jim by any chance no his son's name is riley david lynch actually has a few children this is one of his sons riley lynch is in this band i love this performance i cannot tell you what it is about this song but it speaks to me i was very connected to it i thought it was really freaking cool and it is my second favorite roadhouse performance in all of twin peaks the return what that's right i I don't know if i remember this song so i've been getting into a habit of once the episode's done i go ahead and i look up the band on spotify and listen to some of their music um but i got out of the habit i i don't remember this one but i have to go back and listen to it you should look them up look up either snake eyes or trouble on spotify i've I've got spotify up um because i I think this song is really cool. I like I like all the music in this episode. I like the song that's playing when Becky is high. I love the that's song. That's a good song. Very, yes, I love the song at the very end of this episode that plays while the credits roll. I, this, I mean, this song has or this episode is really good music. Now, what I don't like is a new character that we are introduced to, and. Leaf, I'm going to tell you this character's name in the credits is Richard Horn. Oh, no. Wait. Somehow related. That is, is, no, no, that was Johnny Horn as his son. Yeah, you're right. You're right. We haven't seen Johnny yet. We don't know what's going on with him, but this this is uh, another this member, guy, um, presumably, of the Horn clan. This guy, not, this a, guy, not a good guy, right? We know that he's not a good guy because he's smoking in front of a no smoking sign. First, right off the bat, you can just tell this guy is an a-hole. He's asked to put it out. What's by... the A? St- what's the A stand for? You I've never heard. It. I've never heard that word before. What's the A stand for? Tess? Stands for A. <laughs> apple. He's a real apple He's just hole. A hole. Okay. And he's I just a hole. He's just a hole in the <laughs> earth. And um, he's asked to put it out, presumably by someone who works at the roadhouse. I guess you can't smoke in this bar, which is very progressive for um for this a uh, little bar and he's and he's being a jerk about it he's like i'm gonna quit smoke i'm gonna keep smoking and then chad our least favorite staff member of the twin peaks sheriff's department comes and he's like oh i'll take care of it so he leaves he's thinking he's putting a police officer on the job but Richard just pays him off. He like he he gives him his his empty 
cigarette box with money in it. And then, but this, for some reason... he pays her off. He pays he him pays off so off he can just Chad. keep smoking. So he can keep smoking, or I guess whatever else he's planning to do next, which is for some reason, this terrible behavior draws attention from the table of pretty girls that is also in the vicinity. And one of them comes over. Um, I seems like oh who's this guy maybe i'll sit down on him and he grabs her and chokes her and threatens to rape her and i hate it i hate everything about him and the scene um you know he probably probably listens to dr amp (laughs) look at you look at you Is this um, the test? Real quick, is this the episode that breaks us? Do we get there? <laughs> Do we get there finally no, after all we'll this never, time? We'll never get there. Um, <laughs> someone that I do not hate is Tammy Preston. And Tammy oh. Preston is working real hard into the night. She's looking at a photo of Coop. This photo, <sighs> the photo though, is from like the original series it's like him in the sheriff's department i don't know where this photo came from but she's looking at a photo and she's yeah comparing it to a picture of mr c she also looks like she's comparing the fingerprints um and i don't know what she what what conclusion she's drawing because i i don't work for the federal bureau of investigation but she looks like she's doing some good work good work tammy good for you Um, tammy booper in prison gets his phone call and uh so they take the warden brings him in to take his phone call and he very like purposely says thank you warden murphy and then um he looks right into the camera because he knows he's being recorded and he's like hmm who should i call should i call mr strawberry and the warden looks shocked like why did he just say that like it almost seems to me like it's not just that he's acting very strangely but that that somehow means something to the warden and then booper types random numbers into the phone which then causes like lights and sirens to go off in the prison and everyone is freaking out and then he says the cow jumped over the moon and then it all stops. And so apparently Booper has like some sort of connection to the prison or some kind of magic powers that caused this to happen. It was not a coincidence. He caused it. And then we get another new location, Buenos Aires, um, where that device from earlier that that woman called on her blackberry transforms somehow i don't know what happened it, it turns into one of those little silver ball or gold balls or something i don't know what it turned into and then and then it's nighttime duper is still looking at the statue a security guard lets him know that he's loitering and um and then that's that's the end of the episode. The song that plays at the end that I really love is called Windswept. It's by Johnny Jewel. You should also check that one out on Spotify. Enjoy it. And by the way, this episode was 
dedicated to Marv Rosend. And I was like, who is that? And I looked him up and he played Toad um, in the original series and he passed away in 2015. And that is part five of Twin Peaks and we should probably just jump right into the mystery. Gosh, are, are these, I think we're getting longer, right? What's going on? You have a lot to say. I don't under, I don't understand. <laughs> I don't think I've got a lot of highlights this episode, so we'll we'll zip right yeah, through. We'll it, try to zip right through. You and I, our last, our you and I need episode, to get to sleep. <laughs> the last episode was only an hour and twenty minutes long. I don't even know how long this one's gonna be. Um, face morphing into Bob. Go. Um, I think Bob's. <laughs> uh, but I'm real tired right now. The um. I think so. I think Bob is Cooper's um, doppelganger, and I think he's just in that body. I don't know. He's just in his body, you know. Yeah, it seems to me that the doppelganger was already evil. Yeah, and it's being possessed by Bob, who is also evil. It's like double the evil. Well, I've always been like wondering: is is Bob the doppelganger, or is there a doppelganger and? And there's Bob, and it seems like there's two of them in there. So, I don't know. Um, Duper crying as he looks at Sunny Jim. Oh yeah, he's crying when he looked at his when he looked at his beautiful son. I think, I think Duper, I think this whole show is about social constructs, which is I think why it speaks to me, because it's all about this. Characters are acting in in a parody of of how they typically act in the real world because i think david lynch is pointing out like these ridiculous behaviors that that um us humans often exhibit and think that is perfectly normal um and i think duper because he's being like essentially reborn doesn't have those social construct and i think what he's doing now is he's looking at his son and he's looking at the pure beauty that is that care that his son and he's feeling a tear roll down his face um, just like all of us should do every second we ever look at our kids, but we don't because, and this is fine because Pink Floyd tells us, hey, it's just a part of the machine. It's fine. Is that um, it's fine because we got to go to work, <laughs> right? That's why we can't burst into tears every time we stare at our kids because we got to go to work and we got to tweet about things and we got to eat food. But Duper doesn't have to worry about any of those things. He only exists in the moment. And he let a big old tear roll down because his son is so beautiful. So. Um, Jade putting the key in the mail. Oh, is that the thing that's missing? The key. <gasps> what, what What? would that have to do with um, Hawk's heritage? I don't know. Well, Great Northern. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Um, do you have something to say about Shelly? Um, yeah. Is Shelly married to Bobby? And is Amanda his his daughter becky is becky becca yeah maybe maybe, maybe. We'll find out. i mean it seems like Bo- it seems like bobby's a pretty good guy now you know it does yeah. seem like that also is bobby and snake still friends i hope so oh wait a second Uh-oh. okay here's a theory bobby 
Bobby doesn't like so Bobby is a man. I, what's her name? Becky. I keep calling her Amanda. Yeah, Becky. Bobby is Becky's dad with with Shelly, and he also doesn't like this guy Stephen. He hates him. So he's like, yeah, yeah, I'm gonna go set you up with my friend Snake. He's a buddy I got. Uh, like, hey Snake, call him into the office and just f and chew him the f out. <laughs> I hate him. And I think that's what happened. I like that theory. That's a good theory. Thank you. I like um, that as well. Becky, um, high in the car. So I think the easy explanation is that she got high and she was feeling the good high feelings. And that's what we're looking at. But I think, I think she was feeling whatever it is that Laura Palmer is able to feel like that made her special. I think somehow, cause I think there's more going on here. I think it was drugs, but then also somehow that little special something that's past the curtains of our reality, she was able to, to feel. So she did have kind of like that kind of crazy smile on her face. It, it wasn't just a smile. It was, I would say a look of, of ecstasy, ecstasy you know yeah sure. yeah i didn't want to say that because i know i've been saying everything sexy but it <laughs> looked like she had what i like to call a mommy daddy moment in that car you know <laughs> she had a mommy daddy moment on her face look at you those are all the highlights yeah oh that's it yeah i didn't have a lot um okay um let me hit a button <laughs> What 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 is first? Quote. Quotable, Thank quotable you. Conversation. Thank you. You can tell we're like exhausted. Hurry up. <laughs> it would be so funny, Tess, if um the very fine people on my um um, possible interview panel end up watching this because I did put I think I told you I put our website on my resume because <laughs> I was like why not there's nothing like offensive there so they might find their way to these which is fine hey um, if you're if you're watching this and you're like should this guy be our assistant branch manager just remember I'm a human and I'm not ashamed of it you know um do you have a quotable quotation for this episode I do. I'm not happy with it. Um, okay. Uh, my first choice would have been um, Truman's wife, but I, I couldn't find the dialogue for it. My second choice would have been Snake chewing out Stephen. You know, um, those are, I wish I could have found them. Um, anyway, I got um, <clears throat> cause of death. Took me a while, but I think someone cut this man's head off. Here's the headline. Actually, I just gave you the headline. Yeah, I'm still doing stand-up on the weekends. <laughs> <laughs> that was also my quote of the episode. Is that your quote? Yeah, yes. it, it's very funny. It's very funny. Yeah. She's super funny. Leaf, who does she remind you of? Does she remind you of any other forensic detectives in this ep- in this series um, that are also snarky and sarcastic and oh, funny? Albert? You think? I don't know. Are they, gonna, are they gonna end up together? Put a pin in it. Is Albert gonna try to put a put, put a, a pin, pin in it? <laughs> oh my gosh, who's your MVP? I know this is such a weird one. <laughs>
This is actually the music I'm going to play um, when I walk into my interview. <laughs> He's here. Can you imagine? I just, I walk in and I'm like, thank you so much for the opportunity. I just put my phone on the table and play that. <laughs> and I'm just like, da, 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 da. okay. Um, oh, who did you choose? Um, my MVP for this episode, give me one second, because I don't know if I've thought this far. Um, <laughs> I'll tell you, I'll tell you I, who I chose. I normally have my MVP pick beforehand, but today. I don't know. Okay, who 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 is your MVP? I chose, and this may be a controversial choice, but I chose Phil because he got coffee for everyone in the office. And I really appreciate that. Like I if someone in my office got like when every once in a while someone from the office will be like, I'm stopping by Starbucks. Does anyone want something? And yeah, I do. I always want something from Starbucks. And I love when someone like brings me a coffee. That's just one of the, like my great joys in life. And so I'm going to give it to that, that young man who cannot stop moving, Phil. Maybe it's all the caffeine. <laughs> he, he took a sip of each one. Yeah. Uh, let me think. That's a great, um, that's a great MVP. I think if I was to look into my heart of hearts, I think my MVP for this episode is probably going to be um, Truman's wife. I think that's going to be my MVP. That was just such a look at you. Uh, and, you know, we've always talked about, like, how do we pick our MVPs? I'm going to pick it just because she. it was my favorite scene of the episode. She did a phenomenal job, um, not acting like a realistic human, but just acting like a ridiculous human. And I think, I really do think... I think this is what David Lynch is getting at. Like he's, he, I think he's trying to hold a mirror up to like our ridiculousness. And I think that's something like, maybe I'm only picking up on it now, but that's why it's always spoke to me. That's what I'm doing. Excellent. Leif, how many fish in a percolator do you give this episode? Fellas, don't drink that coffee. You'd never guess. There was a fish in the percolator four fish i also gave it four fish yeah it was a good episode good i am um, when you said controversial mvp i thought you were gonna say dr jacoby which is fine <laughs> you would have no i I, I would not no 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 tess i i i'd be cool i'd be cool i i don't know you know me i've been going through i don't know what it is Something. You've been going through a transformative period in your life, man. I'm, well, that's a great word for it. It's a, a metamorphosis of so, so, yeah. sorts. Yeah, I'm transforming into into another into another. Creature. You're evolving. Evolving. I've gone from like a oh, how do I do this to a more of a like a why do you do this? <laughs> 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 oh, humanity! You guys are here no matter what. Tell me when you finish. Um, Tell me when you finish Silver Arrow because I I I don't think, have you, no, you probably haven't gotten to like the, like the why, right? No. Yeah. When you get, we're, we're on a train, we're picking up animals. We don't know why. Yeah. When you, when you finish it, let me know because you're going to get to probably two, you're going to get to one part where you're like, oh, I see why Leaf likes this gd book and then you're also going to see another part where especially when the animals start talking you're like oh i see another reason <laughs> why this guy likes this book so much it's very good 
Um, thank you, my fine friends, for listening to us. You could be doing anything on the planet Earth. You could be listening to Shaq's new podcast, but I guarantee this one's better. And thank you so much for listening. I know Sha- Shaquille O'Neal. By the way, you don't even you don't need my um you don't need um you don't uh, need our approval. Thank you. Yeah, That's the word I'm looking for. You don't need our approval. You've done it already. Who cares yeah. what we say? I'm just gonna say that I think we're we're having more fun here <laughs> than on the Shaq Shaq shout out shop show i don't know anyway thank you so much for listening um if you would like to email us we would love 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 to get an email from you that email address is same peaks y'all at gmail.com it's the name of the podcast Mm -hmm. at gmail.com please email us tell us about your favorite parts of the episode and what you think dr jacoby was trying to say and yeah and, also and topic also, oh oh go ahead well i was gonna say topic question of this week is humanity redeemable <laughs> ponder it for a while send me your thoughts at <laughs> same I don't know if that's within the scope of this podcast, but you know, if you have thoughts on it, please, by all means, email us. We would love to hear them. Yeah, if you have thoughts on it. And I, I would argue maybe it is maybe da- I'll tell you right now, you lose your mind if David Lynch sent in an email, but like uh leaf got it. This young man got it. Everyone's always asked. I don't do his impression very well. People ask about my, my impressions really bad art all the time, but this man this beautiful son of a bee got it. <laughs> Caricature of humanity holding a mirror. Anyway, um, also, you can follow our Twitter. Our Twitter handle's at same team, y'all. Our mother cast, which is on hold while we do the very important job of, of, of watching the return, which I'm very much enjoying, is called same team, y'all. If you're interested, you can check out that podcast. It's on a break right now. And also, you can go to same team, y'all. Um, I think if you just go to YouTube, search same team, y'all, with Y apostrophe A-L-L, you'll be able to see our beautiful, smiling, scowling, frowning, in pained, agonized faces um, in, 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 in the real world. Yeah. Thank you for listening. I just got some coffee. It's so freaking hot. I burnt my face. I'm disfigured for life. My daughter will never remember what I actually look like. And I did it all for you. We love you. (laughs) Wait, wait, sorry. We love you. And not in a creepy way. (laughs) Thank you.